Next on BYU Sports Nation, an unprecedented weekend for BYU Athletics. Bronco Mendenhall out. Who's in? And oh yeah, BYU-Utah in the Vegas Bowl. ESPN's Trevor Manage discusses the Bronco news, the new coaching candidates, and the matchup in Vegas with Utah. Plus, another trip to the Sweet 16 for BYU women's volleyball, a major upset for BYU women's hoops, and hashtag beat the Utes. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Are we still supposed to coach and are we still supposed to be at BYU? Um, the answer right now is it's time for somebody else. That process will go as fast as it can. It's Davis, right back, Fisher open for three. Gives a shout to the crowd, 20 points for Fisher. Parker, Robbins Hardy to Alexa Gray. Sweet 16. We're excited to uh, announce BYU play Utah. BYU Sports Nation is live in Radio Vision. What a weekend. Presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, December 7th. Wherever and however you're dialing, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who has now purchased tickets to the new Star Wars movie, four times and counting, Jerem <laughs> Uh, I'll have to, uh, you know, see where I'm watching it at this point, I think. But what a weekend, man. What a weekend. I can't. Okay, remember when BYU played Utah State in football? Eons ago. There's only been one week between that game and today. Nine days or something. It feels like forever. The groundbreaking for the Marriott Center Annex was last Monday. BYU-Utah basketball, Nick Emery situation. Uh, Yeah, Bronco... Utah, women's volleyball. Oh, yeah, women's basketball. I don't know. Beat the 12th-ranked team in the country. What a crazy weekend. And Friday was wild, too. Friday, (laughs) the news comes out that Bronco Mendenhall is taking a job at Virginia at 320 Mountain Time. We have a 4 o'clock re-air. On BYU TV of this show. So in that morning, like, we can't re-air the same morning show because then it just looks dumb. No. So we hurried in here. And got her done. Oh, you more uh, so than me. Jerem's here alone by flying solo for like 35 <laughs> minutes, and I'm holding my baby about 25 minutes away going, well, what do I do? Got to get back. You got in here when you could. We did Man. it, you know, and, and made it happen. And a credit to everyone uh, on our crew that made that happen as well. Bronco Mendenhall holding a Virginia helmet, wearing a Virginia tie this morning, addressing the Virginia media. You know what this is like? Not that I ever had this or did this. Wink, wink. Mm-hmm. Um, you... you get broken up with, and then you see a picture of that girl with somebody else, like, right away. And like, wait a minute. Weren't you just the BYU head coach? My new life is fabulous with my wait, new what? boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever. Listen, the Tyler Haas effect is in full effect with Bronco Mendenhall. The whole Fire Bronco crew that was a vocal minority, they're quiet. Everyone realizes how good of a coach Bronco was and how much he'll be missed at BYU. He won so many games. 99. Oh. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Bronco Mendenhall is the new head coach for the Virginia Cavaliers. He signed a five-year deal starting at $3.25 million a year. He will coach the Las Vegas Bowl for BYU before leaving to Charlottesville. And the matchup is set. BYU will play Utah December 19th. 3.30 3.30 Eastern time on ABC. I've been screaming for weeks that I didn't think it was going to be Utah. Coming up, I'll tell you 
how that happened, how it was Utah in this game. It had to be this way. It had to be this way. (laughs) BYU women's volleyball beat Ohio on Friday and then Western Kentucky on Saturday in the NCAA Women's Volleyball Championship to advance to the Sweet 16 for a fourth consecutive year. Alexa Gray and company going back to the tournament in Lexington for the regional. She had 43 kills in seven sets, by the way. They play Nebraska at Rupp Arena Friday, 5 Eastern on ESPN3. That's a rematch of last year's Sweet 16 matchup, by the way. Men's basketball, oh yeah, they played two, afterthought. Beat Weber State 73-68 in Salt Lake City Saturday. Chase Fisher led the Cougars with 21. The Kyles, Davis and Collinsworth, both scored 15 points. And then there's this, BYU women's basketball upset 12th-ranked Texas A&M in Hawaii to win the Tom Weston Invitational. Sweep it. They won 72-64. Lexi Eaton-Rydalch led the way. It's too much. It's almost too much. No, it's amazing. I love it all. (laughs) Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. The most compelling, unprecedented, stunning, shocking, and captivating weekend in BYU Sports Nation, maybe ever, Headlined by the news that BYU head football coach Bronco Mendenhall leaves BYU to become the new head coach at Virginia. Talk about news that stops you and everyone across BYU Sports Nation dead in their tracks. I mean, just stunning. I didn't hear anything about this. Not a, not a trickle from anybody. Um, and then it comes out on Twitter. Jerry Ratcliffe of CavalierInsider.com, who was on the show Friday, the afternoon show, uh, breaks the news on Twitter. All of a sudden, I'm getting a text. All of a sudden, I was literally taking a nap when I got the text and then rushed in, uh, you know, to report on that. And Bronco Mendenhall's the new head coach of Virginia, 11 seasons at BYU, and what 11 seasons they were. BYU comes off of three straight losing seasons with Gary Croton. Bronco Mendenhall is hired and pro- changed the program around. BYU becomes independent. They schedule up. This morning, Bronco Mendenhall told uh, at the press conference, he said that 2016 is tougher than 15 for BYU, and 2017 is tougher than 16, which I thought, wow, we don't know all of 17 exactly yet, but that's quite the statement. He called those schedules masterpieces. Now, and to what you said, in our day and age, it's almost impossible to keep something of this magnitude, this type of news, off of social media, out of people's ears. Somebody generally leaks something out, but Bronco Mendenhall pulled it up. Nobody knew except for the immediate parties involved, and that is why it was just like, what? It was out of nowhere. And you can't do that in our day and age usually, but he pulled it off. So with that in mind, my friends, the Bronco News, Utah, Vegas, BYU and Utah and Vegas, rather, the big wins for BYU women's volleyball and women's basketball and men's basketball. I mean, how, how was the weekend for you? There was a Big 12 rumor that we haven't even addressed because, yeah. it's, because there's just so much stuff. We, that's not the lead, and we're not going to bury the lead. The lead is Bronco. Yeah, it was a wild weekend. It really was. That brings us to our Twitter question. More of a Twitter fill in the blank. Describe your weekend as a BYU fan. Use the hashtag BYUSN at BYU2NFL. Straight up anxiety from Friday to Sunday, then holy crap, we're playing Utah. Hashtag excited, hashtag scared, hashtag just win, baby. Scared? You're not scared? (laughs) We'll ask Trevor Maddich in just a bit who has more to lose in that Las Vegas Bowl game, BYU or Utah. And while we're on that topic, this little tidbit in the news conference, Bronco Mendenhall said he it was a deal breaker going to Virginia if they would not allow him to coach BYU in the bowl game. So... Bronco coaching BYU for win number 100 potentially against Utah. It just, 
I mean, crazy, crazy stuff. And here's what Mitch Matthews said on Friday, which I, I liked a lot. I can't wait to play in the bowl game because of how hard we will fight for that guy, meaning Bronco. There will be a new level of fight in us. That was before the Utah news. I can't imagine what it's going to be like on that field for BYU players. Last game for Bronco and playing Utah. That's as good as it gets in a non-championship type of game. Bronco Mendenhall said after today he will not take any questions about Virginia and that whole I process. I dare you to ask him one. To just go and be like, oh, I'm related to Virginia. And then he'd say no, of course. And you look at the win total for Bronco and what could be after Vegas. That's our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. Bronco Mendenhall has 99 wins as head coach of BYU. If he beats Utah in Vegas for 100 in his swan song, you know who else finished their careers against Utah? Lavelle Edwards and mm-hmm. Gary Croton. Those were the last games. My goodness. Those were both up in Salt Lake. Neutral field for BYU and Utah. More on that coming up. I don't think they've ever played on a neutral field. They may have long ago, but in the modern era, they have not played on a neutral field. Bronco will coach against Utah potentially for win number 100. Tanner Mangum reiterated what Mitch Matthews said. as He told me on Friday night, man, if it's Utah, we're only that much more motivated. We, we want to send him out with the win. So respect on both sides right there. Now, after December 19th, who is the guy in charge for BYU? Tom Holmo addressed that side of the discussion. Well, I've already started making calls and talked to a couple of people, and so that, that process will go as fast as it can. It's really important that we make the right choice and not rush into it, um, especially with how important this job is. Generally, BYU, at least in the last 44 years, has not been a scenario where it's... <laughs> Hey, oh, 44 years. I'm going to go when I want to go. Bronco Mendenhall flipped the script on that. Lavelle Edwards was here his BYU stepping stone? entire head coaching career. Gary Croton was here for four years, and he resigned. But now Bronco Mendenhall, in a way, has said, thank you, BYU. It's time for me to move on to something bigger and better. So who's the next guy? Okay, You have to be active LDS, member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. So to me, there's not a lot of guys that it could be. It whittles it down literally to less fingers than you have on both hands. Uh, which is six to me and us, right? So people have talked about these guys. I produced this list on Friday on Twitter as well. Here are the guys that we think it could be. Now, there are always dark horses. Ty Detmer is a high school coach. I don't see it happening. You know, Garrett 2J, Kelly Pinga from within. I don't see it happening. Here are the six guys that we think could be the head coach. Let's go through this. Kalani Sataki, former BYU player, Oregon State defensive coordinator, long time at Utah. Was a superstar as a defensive coordinator yes. when he was at Utah. Lance Anderson, Stanford defensive coordinator, uh, was at the San Jose State Fireside randomly. Both fantastic recruiters, those guys. Lance Anderson has been picking potential BYU guys, and Utah guys for that matter, from Utah Valley and Salt Lake Valley. Yeah, he's plucked them out to Palo Alto. Yes. Robert and I, from within, makes sense. you got to give him the time of day, at least, right? Kyle Whittingham, Utah head coach, former Cougar. It's a possibility. I don't know how realistic, but it is. Daryl Bevel, Seattle Seahawks offensive coordinator. BYU has done that before with Gary Croton, an NFL offensive coordinator. He was with the Bears and was a head coach at Louisiana Tech prior to that. That is not to say that Daryl Bevel and Gary Croton are equals because it's totally different people. Croton never went to the uh, Super Bowl, by the way. Ken Lolo, Navy head coach, star of Meet the Mormons, the movie. Uh, those are the six, to me, that are the realistic 
candidates for the job. I'd be surprised if someone outside that group is the head coach. Ken Niamatololo is preparing for Army this week. Daryl oh. Bevel is preparing for whoever the Seahawks are playing. <laughs> Kyle Whittingham is preparing for BYU. <laughs> Daryl Bevel is celebrating right now after the Seahawks destroyed the yes, Vikings. Yes, they did. My Seahawks. Lance Anderson is preparing for the Rose Bowl against Iowa. And, and so- Kalani Sataki... Oregon State's not in a bowl game. Somebody's out there saying, hey, what about Andy Reid? The Chiefs have won six games in a row. They're probably going to the playoffs. Andy Reid is in a great place in Kansas City. He doesn't want to take I a major pay cut. I just don't yet. see any he, way that Andy happens. Reid could be the head coach, but not right now. Not now. Come on. Not right now. So there is the list. Kalani Sataki, Lance Anderson, Robert and I. Kyle Whittingham, Daryl Bevel, Ken Niamatololo. I don't even know if Bevel's interested. These are just the guys that are at least they could, coordinators they could do it. in major we college think. football or the NFL that could do it. Man, and that's just all part of the discussion of what was a crazy, crazy weekend. Now, I don't, I, I don't think that BYU is going to wait several weeks for this. No, Tom Hall said that. I think that they'll he, expedite the process. Yeah, he kept saying to me, it's got to be fast. But we're going to be thorough. We have to be thorough and fast. In my opinion, BYU will have a head coach before the Vegas Bowl. Yes, they will have a head coach before the Vegas Bowl. Could be Bowl. this week. I, I'm not talking super from fast. inside information. Just, just my opinion on what BYU wants to do with its time. Ideally, the, be- the earlier the better. This week would be really fast. But before the Las Vegas Bowl, certainly, I don't see any way there's not somebody that's going to be in place. Bronco Mendenhall has talked a lot about the process of being the head coach and meeting with the brethren in Salt Lake, right? There's no other head coaching job in the country. Where, like, did Ken Niamatololo need to meet with Barack Obama or, or George Bush to be the head football coach at Navy? Like, there's no other situation where this happens. So it's unique. You have to figure out uh, all that stuff. But, what? yeah, what a weekend, and I am going to be – uh, interested in, <laughs> for a long time in one, the matchup with Utah, and two, who's the next head coach at BYU? Because that is a wholesale change. How does that affect uh, Jamal Williams? How does that affect Taysom Hill? How does that affect the current BYU coaching staff who is out recruiting and all of a sudden they hear, oh my goodness, I might not have a job when I come back. We'll talk more about this and specifically the Las Vegas Bowl as we move on through the show. We want to get to some of your tweets, however. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join us on BYU Sports Nation. Describe your weekend as a BYU fan. Let's hit up the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. At first underscore Schmitty. Stunned silence hearing about Bronco BYU leading to laughter Sunday evening when Utah football fell to the Las Vegas Bowl. Fell is an apt description. Oh, man. (laughs) I'll explain how this happened, by the way. Do they deserve better than the Vegas Bowl? Up for debate. At Laser Sheep, if anyone doesn't feel bipolar, something is wrong with them. I feel like my range of emotions was tested too much. Up next, ESPN's Trevor Maddich offers his opinion on all of this. Bronco and BYU-Utah. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. After a win Saturday against Weber State, BYU stays in state. They play Utah State Wednesday night, 9 Eastern time. The Cougars and Aggies back at it. It feels like it's been forever since BYU played Utah State in football. In all reality, it's been about eight days, nine days. Uh, and they play in basketball this Wednesday, 9 Eastern on BYU TV. Back-to-back-to-back in-state foes for BYU basketball. Utah, Weber State, and now Utah State. 
and then the College of Eastern Utah, and then Westminster, <laughs> and then uh, University of Phoenix. We're going to crown a state champion this year. I wish. Our Twitter question today. It's not even a, a Twitter question. It's just more of a fill-in-the-blank. Describe your weekend as a BYU fan. I can't remember an eight days more compelling than this in the history of BYU sports. At Gentleman87 says, sad about Bronco leaving, happy about basketball winning, and volleyball going to the Sweet 16. And that's just about as basic as it gets. Joining us now on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline is Trevor Maddich. It's another Maddich Monday ESPN College Football Insider, BYU National Champion. Trevor, I again, like I said, I can't recall a time where it has been this compact with huge, compelling news across BYU Sports Nation. But let's start with the Bronco Mendenhall news. What was your reaction to finding out he was going to become the next head coach at Virginia? Whiplash. Whiplash. It was, it was weird. I did not see it coming, certainly not that suddenly. Uh, but after, after that, I just thought of how much I appreciate what Bronco Mendenhall has done for the program. I mean, he has, has shepherded the program into a great place from a place that was a bit difficult when he took over. And he's won a lot of games, but more than that, he's won those games in a way that will make BYU and the entire community proud. He's built young men. And in 11 years there, he's had the opportunity to go through a bunch of recruiting cycles where he's taken kids out of high school and turned them into men as they went off into the world. And I think, much like Lavelle Edwards, his greatest legacy will be those players. And I am greatly appreciative of what Bronco Mendenhall has done for that program. I said it on Friday, Trevor. There wasn't, you know, specifically to Virginia right now was a surprise, but that he wanted to maybe move on at some point was not a big surprise because he had at least interviewed for or applied for UCLA, you know, Oregon State, Wisconsin the last three or four seasons. But now he makes the move, and it's weird because there's this feeling, and after talking to players on the team, not bitterness, but kind of this resolve to, hey, let's get Bronco his, what will be his, uh, could be his 100th win. Uh, what, it's kind of odd from a former player's perspective to maybe feel that way as a player, isn't it? No, I don't think it's odd because I think the players there are smart enough and mature enough to understand the business. And part of the business side is is wanting to have a chance to do the best things and the biggest things. And I think in moving on, Bronco gets two two things. He gets the opportunity to, to build a franchise, and Virginia is a bit of a sleeping giant out there. He also gets resources and, and access that he doesn't have, at least currently, at BYU. And I don't think I don't think the players would see that as a negative thing. I think they're happy for Bronco Mendenhall the man. But they also understand the love they have for him as the coach. And I, I think they would love to send him out on a positive note, not just getting his 100th win, but getting it against those, those, those people in red up north. That was the overwhelming reaction <laughs> I got from Tanner Mangum on Friday night when I spoke with him. And, and we didn't know at that point that it was going to be Utah. And he said to me, man, throw in the fact if it's Utah and it would be like the greatest send-off party ever. We're already motivated, but if it's Utah, it's going to get nuts. Well, it is. So, Trevor, now your reaction to red and blue, Bronco versus Kyle, BYU-Utah in the Las Vegas Bowl. Absolutely love it. Absolutely love it. You you wonder sometimes with bowls which teams will be motivated and which teams won't be, which teams are there for the ride, which teams wish they had been to a different place. But all that stuff, in my opinion, would get erased when it's BYU-Utah. You know, rekindling that rivalry and, and to be able to play against those guys that, that you played in high school with a lot of them and played against a lot of them. And there's a lot of personal 
uh, rivalry involved between those two teams. So I, I see this game being as much like a regular season rivalry as any of the bowl games are more so until you get to the New Year's Six. Your colleague at ESPN, Mac Brown, says that when you're gone to another coaching job, you're gone. Uh, Bronco will coach BYU in the Vegas Bowl. What's your opinion on him staying to coach the game? Uh, I think it's he would have been right either way. I think staying is a tribute to his loyalty to his players and his loyalty to BYU. And I think that Virginia can appreciate that because he will bring that same loyalty and that same commitment to them. And if it were a New Year's Bowl, uh, then it would be a different issue because it would be farther down the line and he would be away from Virginia for a longer time. But because it's on the 19th, he's only delayed in full time at Virginia just by a couple of weeks. And there have been a bunch of coaches that have, that have done this. I mean, Tom Herman last year, offensive coordinator at Ohio State, took the Houston job and then coached Ohio State through the national championship run and then went off to Houston. Now, it's hard because you've got to do all the things you need to do. You need to put together a staff. You need to start to get in touch with recruiting and all those things. But I think because this is just a bowl on on December 19th instead of going into the second week of January, I think Broncos in a better position than Tom Herman. And you've seen how Tom Herman has worked out at Houston. They won the American Conference this year. Two entirely different perspectives on this bowl game when you look at the majority of the Utah fan base and then the BYU fan base. Trevor, which of these teams has more to lose in the Las Vegas Bowl? I think Utah has more to lose because part of the reason they don't schedule BYU is because they've already got that Pac-12 schedule and there's no sense in loading up another potential loss non-conference, which BYU is for Utah. And so here Utah is in the catbird seat. BYU is independent. Utah is in the Pac-12. Utah has the money for the Pac-12. All the different advantages that they have by joining that Power 5 conference. And if BYU goes and beats them anyway, even though Utah now has much greater resources in a lot of ways, then that would just be a, a slap at the Utes. And so I expect, you know, I expect BYU to give it everything they've got without thinking about what it means in the larger picture, because they just want to beat those guys. But I think the larger picture is that, that Utah has more to lose and BYU has more to gain. Remember that BYU, every week, is seeking to prove that they belong in a Power Five conference, and this is just another opportunity to show that. The dynamic of this game is so odd. One, because it's a neutral field. I'm not sure BYU and Utah have ever played a game on a neutral field. Uh, and then it's in Vegas, so Utah feels slighted. Devontae Booker's not in the game uh, for Utah. They've slid a little bit. Washington State probably blew that up by going to the Sun Bowl. What kind of atmosphere do you expect in this game? Regular season rivalry. You know, I agree that Utah had higher hopes, especially because it looked like they could win the South Division and play in the Pac-12 championship game, and that didn't work out for them. And so there, there's that level of disappointment. But I think there's an organic, um, I don't want to say the word hatred, but, yeah, in a football way, uh, in, in, the two, in the program, in Utah's program, BYU's as well, by the way, in a football way. And the fans in the stands – will bring that kind of atmosphere, that kind of electricity. Now, it's a healthy thing. It's a good thing. It's a rivalry thing. But I think that to start with, the fans won't be there just to, just to enjoy a football game because there wasn't a movie they wanted to see. and you know They're there because they love their team and they truly despise the opponent. 
And that atmosphere in that stadium will carry down to the field, and I believe that, that the players on both sides will, will have a feeling of a rivalry game, even though Utah wishes they had gone to a bigger place. Forty bowl game matchups announced yesterday, including one pitting two Mountain West Conference foes against each other, five and seven teams going against each other. Other than BYU-Utah among those 40, Trevor, which is the game that you are looking forward to the most? Well, if you, if you talk not the New Year's Six Bowls, uh, but others, the Russell Athletic Bowl is North Carolina against Baylor. You talk about basketball on grass. I mean, that, that'll be a fantastic, <laughs> fantastic game. And then Miami, the Hurricanes, are playing Washington State in the Hyundai Sun Bowl. Washington State against Miami. Now, Washington State's on the rise. Miami just fired their coach. And for the Cougars, and Mike Leach, and by the way, I, Mike Leach is one of my favorite personalities in all of college football. This is a chance for them to get a signature win against one of college football's great brand names, the Miami Hurricanes. And so this is a game I'm also going to watch with great interest. Okay, you look at the college football playoff. Who do you see winning the national championship? You know, I think it'll come down to Alabama and Oklahoma, and I haven't decided which one yet I think will be the one. Uh, I think the matchup is fascinating because it's the mobile quarterback, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma, brings everything just about that Johnny Manziel did when he beat Alabama a couple of years ago. And that's the kind of quarterback that has given Bama trouble over the years. But Bama has recruited to try to, to deal with that. They've gotten defenders that are more mobile rather than just the big pounding plotters to stop the LSU running game downhill. So how that matchup works out, I want to watch some more tape now and find out. But I'm inclined to say that Alabama will beat Oklahoma because that defense is an all-timer of a brick wall and as good and as multiple as Oklahoma's offense is. I think they'll make a few big plays, but I don't think they'll sustain many drives. And I'm, I'm leaning towards Alabama, but I'll tell you later. ESPN's Trevor Maddich with us on BYU Sports Nation College Football Expert and Insider at the Worldwide Sports Leader and the man responsible for Maddich Monday on BYUSN. Okay, let's rewind a little bit. We've talked about the legacy that Bronco Mendenhall leaves behind, has 99 wins, a chance at number 100 against arch-rival Utah in the Vegas Bowl. I mean, it is loaded with storylines. But immediately the conversation then goes to, well, what happens after Bronco leaves? So, Trevor... Who is the guy or the guys you think that BYU should be looking at to replace Bronco Mendenhall as head coach? Oh, this is a tough one. There's very few coaches in America that even qualify because you've got to be active LDS in order to, to, to do it. And you've got to want to come and deal with all the issues at BYU. Now, Bronco Mendenhall, Lavelle Edwards, and you know they, they see those issues as being positives. But you have to have that attitude and have to know how to, to manage it. For example, the honor code. I talked to Bronco at length about how he sees the honor code, because nationally the honor code is seen as a detriment to recruiting. Bronco saw it as a, um, an advantage because the kind of athlete that wants to live his life according to the honor code, that already does in high school and doesn't have to change much to, to go to BYU, that's the kind of guy that is very, very coachable. And it's one of the reasons that BYU has generally outperformed its talent when it's played teams that, that have had some better guys in positions that, that matter from time to time. So I think the next coach will have to understand that and be able to, to maximize that. You know, Stanford's another place that, that's kind of like that in its own way. Stanford is a, is a program 
that when they're losing, people say, well, it's because you can't get kids in school. They never compromised their ability to get kids in school or the process of, of admitting them. And yet now Stanford's a national power, in part because the kind of kid that does get in school is the kind of kid you can coach in a different way and that will approach football in a different way. BYU is the same way in its own way, and the next head coach will need to understand that. And I think Robert and I is the offensive coordinator and assistant head coach now. He fully understands that. He played under Lavelle Edwards, coached here now under Bronco Mendenhall, under Rich Rodriguez at Arizona with Mike Leach out of Texas Tech. He's got a broad, I think, cross-section of styles of head coaches that he's dealt with, and he adds his own ideas to it, and he would be a strong candidate for it. Daryl Bevel. I think is another strong candidate. He's the offensive coordinator for the Seattle Seahawks. And because of that, he's got not just the knowledge of what to do with an offense, but he's got amazing cachet. And in recruiting, that will matter. You know, and so you've got different guys and strong candidates uh, to, to come up and do this job. But whoever does it, I think will have to do it not because they, they want to make the 4 or $5 million that you can get at the top Power 5 schools, but because they love BYU, they love the kind of athlete that they will get, and they love the challenge of turning those athletes into superior football players. Meanwhile, Big 12 Commissioner Bob Bowlesby says the following in connection with an article on ESPN.com about the Big 10 trying to put in some legislation to, uh, you know, not have the Big 12 uh, have a conference title game without, uh, you know, having two divisions whatnot. So he says the following, we, Bob Bowlesby, we don't think we ought to be forced into adding schools in order to have a championship game, but it could end up that way. Your thoughts on those comments? Well, I think there might be a little bit, a little bit of acrimony behind the scenes when it comes to the, the various commissioners relative to this. Because the SEC, the Big, the big uh, Ten, the Pac-12 – you know, teams of programs, conferences, let me get the word right here. Conferences have expanded to have conference championship games because you had to have at least 12 to have a conference championship game. And some have done it recently, some have done it a long time ago. The Big 12 with 10 doesn't qualify under current rules. Well, if they are allowed to have a conference championship game, even though they only have 10, then all of a sudden they don't have to go through the, the hassles of that the other conferences who did expand in order to have a championship game had to do. When you add schools, you add potential, but you also add headaches. You add geographic uh, issues, not just for your football team, but for your track team, your, your wrestling team, to have to start to go to places that are farther scattered about. You have to divide the, the television money and other money among more teams. The Big Ten or Big 12 right now divides everything among 10. They'll have to divide it among 12 if they expand to 12. Now, they'll probably will get more money in the contracts because of that, but the question is, per school, will it still be more, less, or the same? All these things are questions that the Big 12 will not have to address if they're allowed to have a championship game with 10 teams. But other conferences have already been through that. They were forced to. And I don't think they want the Big 12 to be able to have their cake and eat it, too. Trevor Maddich, it's the most wonderful time of the year, my friend. College football bowl season. We know that you'll enjoy it. BYU-Utah just 12 days away. Thanks for the time. All right. Thanks, guys. Trevor Maddich on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. There's a lot to take in there. Soak it all in. Not even, not even to mention the, the Big 12 stuff, but we've mentioned those six candidates. Let's throw out some of the dark horses as well. I, don't, I don't necessarily see these guys getting a job, but just 
get their names out there. Jay Hill at Weber State. Okay? Mm. Kelly Papinga, Garrett Tuje. Tom Homo. That's an interesting thought. Now, I, I don't think that Tom's going to hire himself. I, I don't think at this stage that Tom is like, I am Iron Man. You know, pull that out of the press conference. That'd be funny. Ty Detmer. Uh, you know, I, I don't see any of those as the head guy. Now, it could happen. I don't know BYU's motivation. I don't know how much they're paying. I don't know what they want out of this person. Generally, we kind of have an idea, but it's interesting. How, how, much, how much does BYU consider Robert and I? Or do they want someone from outside? Now, Bronco Mendenhall said the following today in his press conference about his staff at Virginia. Yes. There are some members that have already been added. It won't be a long process. There could be a large number of coaches from BYU, but not exclusively from there. I see there, there are obviously several guys that you could see going with Bronco Mendenhall. I won't be shocked if Nick Howell's one of them. He's been a guy that Bronco has really liked uh, that is in his mold. I wouldn't be shocked if Nick Howell went to Virginia as well. What about Frank Wintrick and his whole staff? Wouldn't, wouldn't be, yeah, I, any, any of the guys that go with Bronco won't be shocked. There could be a large number of coaches from BYU, but not exclusively from there. That is the yeah, quote. He's not gonna look, it's not going to be the whole coaching staff. One, they might not want to go with him. And two, they might want to stay here or there's other jobs. For now, the staff intact and ready for BYU-Utah in the Vegas Bowl. We will put that matchup under the microscope, including why Jerem says Utah had this coming to them. Yes, they did. But why? This is BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio, simulcast on BYU TV. This is why. Welcome back, sports friends, on a very busy Monday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, moving pictures on BYU TV, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Coming up Saturday, BYU and Utah in women's basketball, live at 4 Eastern, I believe, on BYU TV. Kicking off. BYU-Utah week. Nope, that was last week with the men's basketball game. (laughs) Let's refresh today's BYUSN headlines. Bronco Mendenhall, if you've been hiding under a rock, you haven't heard this, but we'll say it again anyway. The new head coach of Virginia signed a five-year deal starting at $3.25 million per year. He will coach BYU against Utah in Las Vegas. The Las Vegas Bowl matchup is set. BYU will play Utah December 19th, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. Women's volleyball at BYU beat Ohio Friday and Western Kentucky on Saturday to advance Advanced to a fourth consecutive Sweet 16. Men's basketball beat Weber State 73-68 in Salt Lake City on Saturday. And the women's basketball team upset 12th-ranked Texas A&M to win the Tom Weston Invitational in Hawaii. 72-64. Congratulations. Back to BYU and Utah in Las Vegas. Social media explosion the second that that came out. The second, really, that Washington State was announced to the the Sun Bowl. Bowl. Yeah. We knew it was on. Listen, a former Cougar set up a former Cougar playing the Cougars. Does that make sense? Mike Leach with Washington State, an 8-4 and four team, so one, le- one game less, uh, worse, in the Pac-12, was a more attractive draw to the Sun Bowl than Utah. So that left Utah with no other options, essentially, but Vegas. You can't fault, That's how it happened. You can't fault the Sun Bowl for going with Washington State because theirs is a very devout fan base, and they're they excited. They haven't been to a bowl game in a long time. Yes. Do Mike re- Leach. Do you remember how it was for BYU fans in between 2002 and 2004? BYU was 6-5, and five and they were like, Viva Las Vegas! They went cr- BYU fans went crazy, right? Yes. Everyone, we're back in a bowl game! That's the kind of fervor that Washington State has. And guess what? They're 8-4. and four. They're not 6-5, and five, right? So then 
uh, Utah was left with one choice, and it was Vegas, and BYU had already been announced, and all the BYU fans had taken the public tickets, and that's how it came to be. I thought that Utah would have maybe a little more say in the matter, that the Pac-12 would try and protect them from this in a way, but that did not happen contrary to what I thought the last couple of weeks. So it's BYU and Utah, and it's awesome! This regional rivalry, as was stated on the BYU Sports Nation account via Ben Bagley yesterday, this regional rivalry is getting a ton of national love and I and it's going to be broadcast on ABC National at 3:30 Eastern. BYU and Utah will end up only taking a one-year hiatus from each other. One year. And they'll play two of the next three games against each other because BYU opens 2016 against Arizona uh, at the University of Phoenix Stadium and then they play at Utah. It is back. The rivalry is back, and the stage is huge. Neutral site, national TV, Bronco Mendenhall's last game. Who knows who else last game it could be in that game? I don't know. Whatever. Bronco going for win number 100. The the stakes for this game in a non-championship scenario are as high as they could be. Amazing. Utah players motivated to keep Bronco from win number 100. I mean, it's just... It's so compelling. Here's how I see this, too. Here's the, here's the dialogue if BYU wins. Oh, well, Utah didn't want to be there, and Devontae Booker was out. Here's the dialogue if Utah wins. BYU can't beat Utah. I, just, I say, let's just play. That's what I say, and let's see what happens. BYU needs to win this game for a heck of a lot of reasons, and we've discussed the 10 wins, get ranked. Uh, you add on Broncos last game, it's Utah. BYU needs to win that game. Yeah, yeah. Utah fans. You talk about a must win. It stinks when your leading running back goes out with an injury, doesn't it? Yes, it it? does. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And Squally Canada could be eligible for this game. Don't forget about that. So no Devontae Booker. No Covey. I mean, he's a really dynamic player. What if Devon Devon Blackman gets his touchdown in this game? There's so much going on. Explosion of emotions. I love it. It's all positive. Utah is a three-point favorite. BYU will likely have more fans in the house, but it'll still be loud on likely? both sides. No, they've bought they all will. the tickets except yeah, for Utah's will. allotment. Describe your weekend as a BYU fan. BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Joining us next in Studio B, the West Coast Conference Women's Volleyball Player of the Year, Alexa Gray, as BYU's back to the Sweet 16. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan live from Studio B on, really, a Monday unlike any other. If you ever miss an episode of BYU Sports Nation Live, the rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern, unless Bronco Mendenhall is announced as the head coach at Virginia. Then we do then it live. Then we do it live. Yeah. And Men's Hoops is live Wednesday night against Utah State, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV. Joining us now in Studio B, I think for the second time in about a month. A, la- a third time? Or two weeks. Third time? Yeah, we've had you in a lot. Hey, this we're doing great. it big. Alexa Gray, West yeah. Coast Conference Player of the Year again. All-American. Welcome back to Studio B. Thanks. You getting tired of us? No, it's fun. <laughs> You're the okay. only one that's ever said that on the third <laughs> visit. Okay, so there was this dynamic with uh, a bunch of your family and friends in town to watch you in the NCAA tournament. <clears throat> I called it, you know, the Alexa party. I think there were like 43 or 44 people. Some came down from from Canada. How was that for you, playing your tournament games in front of so much of of a really home crowd? Yeah, it was fun. It was fun to see them. I haven't really seen them... In the, in the crowd since high school, so it was fun to see them back, and they're all pretty rowdy, and I could see one of my uncles 
heckling the heckling the other team as they're serving. So that was, <laughs> that was good to see. As as you're about to serve receive, you're staring at one of your uncles. Yeah, he's standing up, the only yeah. one. So <laughs> the only the only one. Yeah. He stuck out. Yeah. What was the weekend like for you? Because you get to play both of these at home. It's your final matches at home, and you're back in the Sweet Sixteen. Yeah, it was fun. It was really emotional. I don't know. We had great energy, a great crowd. So we just we were just feeding off of that. And yeah, it's always fun to play the first two rounds at home. You have home court advantage. But yeah, it was really awesome, and we're happy to be back. Did you cry? No, I didn't. Because the journey's not over. No, it's not over yet. So that yeah, it was a very different <clears throat> feel than senior night, and it's I don't know if, if it's just that the tournament uh, atmosphere or whatnot, but BYU in your four years, and you talk about home court advantage, fifty two and one. I, first of all, why'd you lose that one, Alexa? <laughs> Gosh, I don't even want to talk what about happened it. There? What happened there? Come She's on. She's in the Sweet 16 and we're asking about a match from last year. <laughs> but that's unbelievable. <clears throat> Why were you guys so dominant at home? I don't know. I, During your career. I guess it's just like our mindset. We just wanted to pr- protect our court, and we play great there. We practice there every day, so we're really comfortable in that gym. And, yeah, I don't know. The crowd is always awesome at home, so we feed off that. The key to being great at home is having a great team. And then it helps to have a uh, you know, good environment. And you, you had that Friday. I didn't go to Saturdays, but I went to Fridays, and it was, it was awesome. And then you look at your career. You've been to the, at least the Sweet 16 all four years. What does that mean to you? What, have you? Have you taken a second to soak that in? Yeah, I was actually thinking about it the other day, and it's, uh, yeah, it's just crazy. It doesn't feel real, I guess, but... Um, this team just works really hard, so I think that we deserve it, and we've worked hard for it, so excited to be back. Was it strange to have, at least how it felt, a tougher matchup in the first round than it was against Western Kentucky that was supposed to be the better team in the second round? Yeah, we definitely didn't play our best game on Friday, but Ohio is a very good team, and they gave us um, all that we could handle, and they kept fighting till the end, but... Um, yeah, I think on Saturday we played a little bit better. We were a little more cohesive with our defense, with our block in, in the back row. So I think that it just rolled a little bit easier for us. What was it like Friday when you're hosting and it's the first round? You're supposed to win this match and you lose the first set. How did, how did you guys rebound from that enough to win in four sets? And, and you got going later in that match. Yeah, I remember Heather just said, we've lost the first set before. We just got to come back stronger. So I just thought we tried to foc- refocus a little bit more and um, not look to the outcome and just focus on each play and trying to get better each play. Alexa Gray with us in Studio B on BYU Sports Nation. Now you get Nebraska in the Sweet 16. And wouldn't you know, you, fa- you faced Nebraska in the Sweet 16 last year. So what do you think about the matchup this year with the fourth-seeded Huskers? Um, yeah, we're excited. Um, but we actually played them in the Elite Eight. Oh, it was the Elite, oh, was the Elite Eight. Eight. I yeah. misread that. My bad. Yeah, but we're excited. They're a good team, and um, they've come out of a good conference, and so have we, so it should be a good match. What's the equivalent of a Hail Mary in volleyball? Oh, gosh, I don't know. Maybe, like, someone shanks the ball, someone goes and, like, passes it back, and then it lands on their side. That happened for you, you Friday night. You had one of those, Alexa, Do you remember right against Ohio? No. You were scrambling, and you you were forced to you pass bumped, the ball back over, and it you was bumped like... a free ball, and then it went off. Ohio, oh, okay. Into the crowd. Oh yeah, I saw that. Yeah, you won't need a hail mary to beat Nebraska <laughs> like the football team, will you? No. 
<laughs> okay. Now, last year, the Olmstead tournament stash became a thing with Sean Olmstead. He's now coaching BYU men's volleyball. Um, we're hoping that, that Heather doesn't try yeah, anything no. like that. Yeah, that would not be good. So what, what is the superstition this time around? Well, after every game, we've just cranked the music up in the locker room and just been dancing and celebrating. So we're just trying to soak in every moment and have fun. What uh, songs are you playing? Oh, gosh. I don't even remember. I don't know, like, the songs that are popular right now. I just remember I got tackled last time and I fell into the chairs, so. Don't hurt Alexa. <laughs> when, when was this? Friday night or Saturday night? Saturday night. Saturday night, yeah. Who tackled you? <clears throat> well, Dave, like, we were all, like, in the middle. And then Dave came in and he's a big dude. And it, I just, like, <laughs> got pushed out on the back. And then I just, like, fell over. Dave, Dave can't be storming the mosh pit in the mid, what, He's a bit, what is he, 6'5", and I don't know. Probably taller than that, like 6'7". Yeah. I'm not going to guess his weight on the air, but yeah, that would be wild. Yeah, I haven't seen Heather Olmstead so excited in a match until Saturday night. Like multiple double fist pumps, smiles <laughs> on her face. She's very even keel most of the time. But, uh, I, I mean, I think she was so genuinely excited about how well you were playing on Saturday night and getting back to the Sweet 16 that it just... Kind of overwhelmed her. Have, have you seen that before from her? Well, um, I didn't really see it because I'm focused on the game. Oh, you're actually playing the game. <laughs> yeah. right. Why, yeah. What were you doing? Where were you? <laughs> yeah, but yeah, she's. we've seen some videos of her getting pretty excited, and it's pretty cool to see. She's it's, got a couple digs. Yes. Yeah. Now, she was on last week, and uh, we gave her a little bit of a hard time, but sh- should she get out of the way? Um, should she continue to dig? What's your opinion there? Um, she can do whatever she wants. Oh, yeah. That's a senior move. <laughs> that's a senior move. It became apparent to me, uh, just through talking to different people over the weekend, that you had bruises all over your arms this summer because you wanted to become a six-rotation player, and you worked a ton on passing. What was that like for you, trying to develop a- another aspect of your game? It was honestly, like, really fun. I loved doing it. Me and Heather would come like 45 minutes to an hour early before practices and we'd get out the serving machine and she'd just fire balls at me and I'd just pass and we had this little target that I tried to get it in so it was really it was really fun I loved doing it and I love the back row so I'm excited to be back there. What do you think of the bowl game matchup for BYU football against Utah? Oh we're gonna win for sure that's all I know. That's all you know? That's all I know. Wow, yeah, I like the resolution there. <laughs> and playing Utah is a, a unique setup as well. What yeah, do you think that's of that? crazy. I don't know how often that happens. You get your <laughs> rival in the bowl game. Yeah. yeah, that has never happened. Not that you need the karma, but, you know. I, mean, we should, do, I, I don't think we should selfishly not give the karma. Yeah, I think we should give it. We are it. willing to offer yeah. it if you want it. I mean, For sure. Would you like yeah. some more? Okay. Alexa in the Sweet Gray. 16 in, what, Lexington, Kentucky? Yeah. Is that Rupp Arena? Where they play I, basketball? I don't know where it is, actually. I'm, I'm just going to get on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to kill volleyball. Do not miss your flight, Alexa. I'll try not to. Lexington, uh, Kentucky will host Nebraska and BYU in the Sweet 16. Take Friday the night. karma. Go and succeed. We will be watching and rooting you on. Thank you. Congrats. Thanks. Good luck. Alexa Gray in Studio B for the third time in like a month. And we'll have her on next week going to the Final Four. Oh, yeah! Would you come back if that happens? Yeah. Okay. Up next, a Cougar whip around unlike any other. BYU Sports Station presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. Jerem? Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar whip around. Football.
Bronco Mendenhall is the new head coach at Virginia. He signed a five-year deal starting at $3.25 million a year. He will coach the Las Vegas Bowl for BYU, and the matchup is set. The Cougars will play the Utah Utes December 19th, 3.30 Eastern on ABC. Volleyball. BYU women's volleyball beat Ohio Friday and Western Kentucky on Saturday to advance to the Sweet 16 for the fourth straight year. Alexa Gray had 43 kills and seven sets. BYU plays Nebraska in Lexington, Kentucky Friday, 5 Eastern on ESPN3. Men's basketball. At Lauren Frankham just said, in at a Lexington. Oh, ha! nice. Nice, Men's Lauren. basketball beats Weber State 73-68 in Salt Lake City Saturday. Chase Fisher led the Cougars with 21. The Kyles, Davis and Collinsworth. Both scored 15. Women's basketball. Shout out to Jeff Judkins and his team for upsetting 12th-ranked Texas A&M in Hawaii to win the Tom Weston Invitational. Final score 72-64. Jimmer! James Taffordette had two games this weekend. Friday he scored 26 points as the Westchester Knicks beat the Austin Spurs 102-94. Then he scored 25 points the next day on Saturday in the 116-92 loss to the Oklahoma City Blue in front of Kevin Durant. Cougars in the NFL. Former BYU offensive lineman DeAndre West played his first snaps in the NFL yesterday for the Baltimore Ravens. Wani Unga had four tackles for the New York Giants. Daniel Sorensen, four tackles and a sack for the Kansas City Chiefs. And Alani Fua recorded two tackles for the Arizona Cardinals. Cougars overseas. Tyler Haas scored seven points in 19 minutes in the Spanish League as his team, Rio Natura Monbus, lost 88-75 to Herbalife Gran Canaria. Swimming and diving. Okay. Connor wow. Sterling, Preston Jenkins, Jake Taylor, and Peyton Sorensen broke the school record in the 400-meter free relay, and Jake Taylor went on to break another school record in the 200-meters individual medley at the Texas Invitational this weekend. Future guests, Terry Nashif, John Beck, Stuart Mandel of Fox Sports, Jeff Judkins, John Sassenti of the Vegas Bowl as well will be here. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most goes to BYU Women's Volleyball. Yeah. Four straight appearances in the Sweet 16 at Big D. Dan 11 says the game will be at Memorial Coliseum in Lexington, not Rupp Arena. So All there right. you go. Our lead tweet today at Kev Basketball. How is this physically possible to express everything in 140 characters or less? You can't do it. That's a good point. <laughs> Thanks to Trevor Manage, Alexa Gray, and everyone on our crew. The show on demand, BYUSN.com. Audio podcast on iTunes and or the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I am Spencer. Shout out to Max Hall. BYU Sports Station back to work at.